Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Walk It Out. My name is Gretchen Cannon. I am the host of this podcast, and I have a very special guest with me, Kelly Marshall. She is the chief of police here in Choctaw and a blessing to our community. Thank and thank you so much for being on. Um, this is not something she does every day, you know. Usually, if she's in front of a camera, it's uh, telling reporters something, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but what we are going to report about today is just hope. And we are continuing the series on just kingdom culture and how the kingdom of heaven really is supposed to be manifest on earth. But sometimes we don't always hear those stories of hope and of transformation and of reconciliation and all of those things. But today we are going to share some with you. And uh, we were talking before we came on about just how we met. Yes. I think, um, I mean, I had heard about you, like the famous new police chief <laughs> <laughs> that had come to Choctaw and then started following you on social media and just saw like you, you are a follower of Jesus. And um, that was encouraging. That was encouraging because true peace comes from his wholeness. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I rang the door at the police station and uh, came to visit with you about an event we were having here called A Day of Hope, which is um, an event that we have from our support groups, Finding Hope. And we got to talking about right. our family that struggles with addiction. So Finding Hope is a support group for loved ones of those in addiction or in recovery. And so I was just making her aware of that support group. And we talked for quite a while and the Lord just kind of set some things in place. Do you want to yeah. add anything to that? Well, um, I think we do have success story from our meeting because just, you know, knowing resources that are available yeah. is very important. And um, it was right after we talked that I had a man that rode his bicycle yes. to the police department and he was frantic. Mm -hmm. He was frantic because um, he had a victim protection order mm -hmm. placed against him and he couldn't see his children. Mm -hmm. And so because of our meeting, mm -hmm. you had uh, directed me to Tri-City, yes. to Shannon, and I had found out a resource of a dad's support group. Mm -hmm. And I also had told him about a day of hope mm -hmm. and that there were, you know, uh, meeting places for people. Mm -hmm in active addiction mm -hmm. and he took us up on that yeah and probably that was probably a year ago mm -hmm. maybe a year and a half ago and uh, six months ago through a mutual friend he couldn't remember how to get in touch with me but through a mutual friend in law enforcement he told me that he is now able to see his children mm -hmm. uh, because That's of this so support good. group yeah there's an attorney involved okay. that helps him navigate that and uh, that he was uh, seeking help with his addiction issues yeah so hope is mm -hmm. so important yeah and the father is about reconciliation is he not <laughs> i mean True. he reconciled himself to us through True. jesus on the cross that's that's one of the key things that he's about is reconciliation True. and healthy reconciliation and that's what your story is with this man it's healthy reconciliation yes i mean if you i never really thought about Law hope within law enforcement. I mm -hmm. mean, I've spent 40 years actually in law enforcement. The last 18 months of my um, tenure at the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Office, all I worked was domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And I learned that 
hope for our survivors is important yeah in order for them to you know even carry on right so i was able to bring that advocacy here mm -hmm. to our community and i attend court with them mm -hmm. uh things like that that i never realized was so important mm -hmm. but that does give them hope it gives them a sense of security um anybody that knows me knows my heart is with mental health yeah. and domestic violence mm -hmm. and so hope within both of those areas is crucial yeah, in is. order for us to go on yeah and we even visited that day when we met about my oldest son who is 31 serving three life sentences in prison and he has mental illness issues mm -hmm. and substance abuse and many other things obviously that landed him there right along with some just poor choices mm -hmm. but just like as a parent to have hope like and and to keep the enemy at bay even hope yes for my son to be who he's supposed to be in christ but to keep the enemy at bay with my husband and i like we aren't horrible parents we can raise our other three and it not turn out the same way you know right. like it doesn't have to be a pattern, right. you know, right. and uh, our son, we adopted our son when he was almost 12. He had been in foster care for three years and had um, some learning things, but also mental illness that developed as he got older. Mm -hmm. And it, it, if you don't have the hope of the Lord to stand on, like, I don't know how people don't get it. I just right. don't. Yeah. And we know now um, what trauma does mm -hmm. to people. Mm -hmm. Uh, trauma in the early years mm -hmm. um, and without you know interventions and things like that that is probably not going to go well yeah so let's talk about that if there is somebody that maybe is watching that either has had trauma when they were younger um, and trauma doesn't have to be like you know I was locked in a basement my entire life and sexually abused every day like trauma is such a very broad definition and I don't know if you have a definition you would like to communicate but what what could we or maybe you guys know of somebody that's dealing with trauma you know that happened at mm -hmm. early like where should they reach out well what we have learned is you know what your trauma may not be my yeah, trauma exactly and vice versa yeah um and i think that's why um the law changed that as law enforcement officers even in a domestic violence situation if there's children present, we are mandatory reporters. Yeah. We have to make right. that report because we know what that type of, whether it's even nonviolent, mm -hmm. just verbal, mm -hmm. can do to children uh, when they're younger. Yeah. Um, and how their brain's developing. Right. Yeah. Right. Massive. Physiological. Um, it's so important. Um, you know, there's, we have Tri-City. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so many mental health facilities, uh, so many mental health providers mm -hmm. that have a waiting list. Yes. But we have to keep trying yeah. someone yeah. else right. and someone else. And if you don't have that connection mm -hmm. with your uh, counselor, mm -hmm. then let's go somewhere yeah. else. If that medication is not working, we know we've learned so much mm -hmm. over the years that, and I, I talk to people that maybe have a new diagnosis, and I'm not trained to diagnose. Yeah, right. You know, but I've, I'm trained to look and see that there's a possible there, issue. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so that at some point, those medications are not going to work. Right. And you might need to tweak. Right. And 
you know, the law tells us that we have to uh, take somebody into protective custody in the least conspicuous manner and things like that. So just sitting down and talking to somebody, you know, a lot of times that somebody who has a new diagnosis doesn't realize, oh, that's why I'm feeling this way. Yeah. Um, or we know a pattern would mm -hmm. be to start self-medicating mm -hmm. uh, and things like that. So, you know, growing up and even in my younger years in law enforcement, you didn't talk about those right. kinds of things. Right. You know, it was it was, it was kept quiet. Yeah. It was kept within the mm -hmm. family and things like that. And nowadays, it's a relief that you can sit down and say, you know, do you have a diagnosis? And mm -hmm. people will start sharing, mm -hmm. you know, okay, so this is what I've learned over my years. Right. That with this diagnosis comes this, mm -hmm. this, and this. Mm -hmm. I want to give you that, um, that information. Yeah. And I love what you said, like there are mental health facilities with long waiting lists, mm -hmm. but even in those waiting lists, they have other facilities and, and agencies that they can recommend you to. And so just keep, keep searching until you find the right fit and one with an availability option. And I love what you're talking about, about even tweaking medications. So my dad, um, has, um, struggled with um, bipolar off and on his whole life. Well, I wouldn't say his whole life, since his mid-20s. And, um, you know, it's just like with insulin or anything else, a diabetic, like your body chemicals change. And so with that, you have to tweak stuff. I mean, like I'm on thyroid medicine and every year they take my blood work. And sometimes she's like, okay, you need to take this thyroid medicine. And sometimes she's like, okay, we're going to not take that anymore. We're going to take these two. And then we go back and forth, right? As my body chemicals change, right. you know? And so it's nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely not. It is something to just be aware of and work with the professionals that are. And that's trained. what I tell um, people that when we're on scene, when I'm on scene, and it's I don't get to do as much field work as what I'd like, but um, you can't help that you have right. this going on within right. your body. Yeah. But what you can control is how you deal with yeah. it. And it's very important for you to take control of that, mm -hmm. advocate for yourself, family members advocate for your loved yeah. ones. And sometimes, and I've been known to do this, you know, if you're not getting what you want, you have to make some noise. Yeah. And um, people start listening. Yeah, that's but, good. You know, just overall, um, People are so much more aware and so much more willing to jump in and help. Yeah. Um, there are crisis teams that will come to your home, especially for teens now. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot more that can be done. Uh, the mental health iPads that we use. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to take somebody in a police car to a hospital anymore. Yeah. Sometimes it's necessary, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's, you know, if we're on the fence as a law enforcement officer, does somebody really need to go inpatient? Right. We can uh, dial up on that iPad mm -hmm. and get a mental health professional that maybe can offer a resource where we don't yeah. have to. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? It is. It's so cool, just the connections mm -hmm. that are happening. And and you were talking about like people in mental health and people in domestic violence situations, they need hope. And I know, um, I know we've, when I opened, I said, I made the observation on your social media, like you follow Jesus, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I know that he was a part of your decision to come here mm -hmm. as police chief. Mm -hmm. So would you share a little bit about that? 
it definitely was not on my radar at all to yeah. retire at all. Uh, I was having the time of my life actually uh, working domestic violence. And Aren't you glad people are called <laughs> and gifted by the Lord to have the time of their life working with domestic <laughs> violence cases and mental illness people? Yeah. I mean, that is just a beautiful gift. So I literally <laughs> used to say, I get to do this. Yeah. Um, it was the most fulfilling of my career. Um, and I don't know why, but there was a, um, it was on the news that Choctaw was looking for a police chief and I live here in town and my husband came in, he goes, why don't you apply? And I went, what? <laughs> uh, no, I don't have the qualifications. And so I actually looked at the job description. I thought, well, check, check, check. I actually do. Mm-hmm. And I prayed about it and it was, it went so smoothly. Wow. The hiring process. And, you know, once I, once I came, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between agencies, mm-hmm. a sheriff's office and a police department is huge. Um, I'm not going to say the last five years have been easy. Right. Almost five years. Um, there have been struggles. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to see the light. You know, mm-hmm. I'm Come blessed awesome. that I brought a an assistant police chief mm-hmm. from the sheriff's office. Um, we complement each other, you know, what he's strong in. Mm-hmm. I'm not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him to do a media thing mm-hmm. scares him to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I I actually hold that over his head a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, but uh, even with our recent investigation, mm-hmm. I mean, he is so strong in that. Um, so good. I'm I'm blessed to have him. Um, you know, we've hired young people and I look at them and I think if you only knew how fast mm-hmm. your career goes. Yeah. You know, but I look at their heart. Mm-hmm. I look at their heart for their community. I mean that I'm big with that. Yeah. And uh we have some really great officers. Still still have four openings. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, a little plug there. Yeah. But um yeah, um, the training that we were, you know, we put them through. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody is crisis intervention trained. Yeah. Um, so that's important. It's a 40 hour course and, um, they, they are very good as far as community events, mm-hmm. but they're very good about insight into what can we do more? Yeah. You know, and I've told them we're not going to be just report takers. Yeah. Come on. That's we so are going to be, uh, something else within our community mm-hmm. we're going to take that extra step yeah sometimes we can't mm-hmm. you know but if there's something else we can do we're going to do it so you mentioned when we were talking on the phone before as we were setting up this up you mentioned how um the culture's changed over the last five years mm-hmm. or almost five years since you've been here and then um so share a little bit about that and you don't even have to go into details mm-hmm. but like you know a lot of the a lot of the communication is about how bad the world is getting. And you just said you communicated with your officers like we want to do something more than just reporting. Mm-hmm. We're not just going to go to scenes and do the report, you know, do the ticketing, make the arrests and do the stuff. Like, what does that look like and how has the culture changed? And then what do you think the Lord wants to do in the next five years here in Choctaw? Well, I've also used the word holistic Mm -hmm. and that we are going to take a holistic approach Mm -hmm. to law enforcement. And I, I had 
said that on social media and someone came back at me with some random it's definition. Fine. Yeah. And I was like, no, that means to heal the whole, yeah. you know, and that's what we want to be a part of. Mm, um, that. If we can uh, direct somebody with resources, mm -hmm. if we can, uh, you know, it breaks my heart that we have homeless people coming right. through. If we can find shelter for them, mm -hmm. um, if we can give hope to mm -hmm. domestic abuse survivor yeah. and yeah. their children, mm -hmm. that's what we need. And there's been domestic situations where the family has reunited. Yeah. Healthfully. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. that doesn't just because that there's something we're involved with doesn't mean that it can't be healed. Yeah. Amen. And that. You know, actually saw them in, at the grocery store not too long ago. <laughs> they were like, look at us. I was, Yay, you. Oh, yeah. that's so good. It really is. That's it so really good. is. Um, so I don't know actually what the Lord has for us, mm -hmm. but it's exciting to watch it unfold. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that uh, with our recent shooting, mm -hmm. I attended the prayer vigil. And, you know, it's so neat that. I'm not a member locally uh -huh. of a church here, but I can walk in to mm -hmm. several churches that I've been to and I feel at home. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that is so neat. Yeah. But to watch yeah. a student led program. Yeah. And so was this, amazing. And this was a prayer vigil after the shooting at the Choctaw High School football yes. game that Choctaw Road hosted yes. on a Sunday afternoon, early yes. evening. Yeah. And um, I know uh, their members were actually asked to not come because they were so concerned about how many they would have. Mm -hmm. and, and they it, had a ton. We, I even uh, talked with one of them over there, the president of the Eastern Oklahoma County Resource Center, Carol, and I said, we've got to start setting it up to where our sanctuary, because we're just catty corner from them, can be overflow mm -hmm. for something like that. Right. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that just... Make a feed through here. Right. You know? a great idea. Yeah. But anyway, you, you were talking about the impact of it being a student-led prayer vigil. I mean, they yes, parents were affected. I was affected. My husband was affected. But our students were most impacted. Right. Yeah. We're talking two days after right. the incident. And, you know, you've seen, and this is not a criticism, it's an observation, of some prayer vigils where there is prayers blanketed. Mm -hmm. But what I was impressed with is that there was sections mm -hmm. that there were prayers led by students for specific things. Yeah. It wasn't one overall. That's awesome. Um, probably about three quarters of the way through a student stood up and I believe he was probably, I think he was a, a football player. Um, he prayed for the suspect mm. that that hit me hard mm -hmm. because he didn't have to do that. Yeah. I'm sure nobody said this needs to be on the agenda. Mm -hmm. You know, um, our kids witnessed a trauma, our, our citizens witnessed yeah. a trauma right. that no one should mm -hmm. have to go through. Yeah. And, you know, it, it bothers me. It concerns me after effects. Um, but it also gave me hope. I sat there and I, I thought some of the stories that I, I know of what yeah. happened that night mm -hmm. that, um, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, what I've seen, what I've witnessed these kids 
is what I look for mm-hmm. in an officer. That's so good. And I hope that I'm still here mm-hmm. when we can start, when they're old enough to start applying. Yeah. So what are those characteristics? Well, I mean, the strength mm-hmm. that they've shown, the maturity. Mm-hmm. The maturity was overwhelming. You know, it was mind-blowing. Um, the resolve. Mm-hmm. Um, there, You can tell their heart. They weren't praying for just, like I said, a blanket. Yeah. Yeah. It was specific needs. Mm-hmm. It was for specific people, mm-hmm. specific uh, organizations that were there that night. It's awesome. Yeah. That's and so cool. um, like I said, my one of my biggest things that I look for in an officer is I want their heart for mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be yeah. big, big, strong right. guys. Right. Uh, they don't have to be the best speller. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, but their heart for community is what I look for. Amen. That's so good. Mm-hmm. So good. I love it. I love it. I love that that's like one of your biggest qualifications, you know. Yes, they need to have their training. Yes. And all of that, but character qualification. Right. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Well, maybe we'll have you back. This was really good. good. This was really good. Um, can you pray for us sure. as we close out? Sure. Okay. Father, we thank you for Gretchen and and what she does for our community. We thank you for Grace Church. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you for our community who surrounds us with so much love. Um, we thank you for the hope that we have for our youth, and we ask that you continue to bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.